A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, really looking forward to this show today, really am. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this is the show for you, Final Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, is Talk Sports' Gareth A. Davis for what is, I'm not joking, a mammoth show today. Loads to cover coming up on the show. Tyson Fury versus Dylan White has been signed and hopefully sealed. We finally have a fight between two of the biggest heavyweights in Britain. We'll discuss that in detail and hear from Fury's promoter Frank Warren as well. Uh, Kelbrook ended his grudge with fellow Brit Amir Khan in emphatic fashion, live and exclusive here on TalkSport on Saturday. We'll unpack a thrilling night in Manchester and ask what next for both men. And there's a small matter of two British, two British world champions in action this weekend. We'll look ahead to title defences for Lawrence Okoli and Josh Taylor. Told you, busy show. Don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Punch Dylan White, face right in my. Tyson Fury is the winner in Las Vegas. Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. As far as Dylan White's concerned, why wouldn't he um, sign the contract? It's life-changing money for him, huge purse. I'm going to give him the best eye that he's ever had in his life, boy. Oh, oh Josh, he's put him down. And White's put Parker down. Dylan White, I'm going to knock you out, sucker. You get it, you dosser. Yeah, we are hearing the good news is we are hearing, and I stayed up till late in the morning to make sure this one was signed and sealed. We are hearing that Dylan White has signed his portion of the contract and the fight will go ahead with an asterisk. There are other bits and bobs to deal with as well, but Tyson Fury looks like he will fight Dylan White, Wembley Stadium, April 23rd. Let's bring in the man that knows a bit more about this story, the great Gareth A. Davis. What a weekend for you, Gareth, by the way. We'll talk about your weekend a bit later. You are absolutely outstanding outstanding sir we'll talk about that a bit later let's talk about this one is it done is it signed and sealed or are we still waiting for other other bits to be done good afternoon eddie you're making me blush um <laughs> <laughs> um that, that, look this is a really long-running saga it's 24 days since the first bid was won by frank warren and bob aram on queensbury promotions uh to host and stage the wbc title defense 
uh, the unbeaten Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, against mandatory challenger Dillian White. Um, to give you the first two paragraphs of the intro from me. Um, it, look, there's still a couple of things to be signed and sealed off. I was expecting to be at a press conference tomorrow mm. for them. And I understand that won't be tomorrow now because there are a couple more things relating something to do with the tax scenario. Um, so I'm kind of delving into it in that way. Listen, Dylan White's based in Portugal. He may even be a Portuguese citizen by now. Tyson Fury's got a license to box in Nevada mm. and obviously can either get a British license here, which wouldn't be a problem, or needs to be licensed here by the Boxing Border Control as an overseas fighter. Yeah. Um, who knows about the VAT situation with the $40 million uh, that's been put forward for the person because it was dollars sent to Mexico City to the WBC. Yeah. So, you know, how does that money then translate over here with the $25 million? Is it paid in dollars to Tyson Fury, the, the six million pounds in dollars paid to Dillian White. What happens to the four million in escrow? So I, I think, you know, given all that's gone before, and we know that Dillian White wanted extra money to promote the fight that was revealed at a lunch that I attended with some other people with Frank, Frank Warren, Bob Aaron, and Tyson Fury about uh, 10 or 11 days ago. So you put all those things together. I think they're just finalizing now. But as you say, I was up till 2 a.m. writing last night. Um, just to make sure, got the story over the line, got the kind of the soundings that, that the contracts were being signed by both. This is the WBC contract, of course, mm. with those purse bids of 80-20, with a purse bid and the split of 80-20. So we're kind of there. Um, so I expect probably next week, because Josh Taylor and Jack Catchell fight this week and the whole phalanx of media goes up to Glasgow and then comes back down to London for Lawrence Acoli at the amazingly still available O2 I'm Arena. shocked, I'm shocked. On, on, I'd be too on Saturday night, I'm taking an umbrella. Um, <laughs> 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 umbrellas at ringside, please, because I do not want to get my laptop wet. Um, or my hair, yeah. you know, or my jacket, because um, it's the glamour occasion. But, um, you know, hopefully next week we'll see the two guys together. I hope it's not going to be, uh, just to put a cap on this, a cardboard cutout of Dillian White next to Tyson Fury, calling him a big dosser and a silly sausage and creating another, you know, just giving page. That was very funny. The good thing about Tyson Fury now is that he is very funny about these things. That just giving page, I'm putting 47 pay in there. It. To some, I know, to create some money. Donate, please, to get Dillian White's press comments. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? At the end of the day, we're going to get a semi-final. Yes, it's a defence of the WBC title. And yes, Dillian White, I know we'll go into this later, has got definitely a puncher's chance. Um, and I say that with full respect um, against Tyson Fury. One punch can change anything in the heavyweight division. And, you know, then hopefully, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it more in the show. I've, I've got some more news about oh. Joshua and Yusek as well for us later in the show. Yeah. I love it. I love that's what we want to hear. Um, a little more <laughs> gossip bits there. Fantastic. Uh, what we do want to hear from, though, is Frank Warren now, Tyson Fury's promoter. He was speaking today and he was asked a question. Uh, was he ever in doubt that this fight would be made? This is what he had to say. Contracts are signed. Still a couple of things that we've got to sort out at the moment before we make it make the official announcement. Um, but I, I believe everything will be okay and uh, we move forward. But from as far as Dillian White's concerned, why wouldn't he um, sign the contract? It's life changing money for him, huge purse. The fact that we you know that uh, we've won the purse bid 
um, and being his promoter, uh, it was great news for him because if that had been the other way around, he'd have got $2 million less. So he's really, really having it off and uh, he's got a great opportunity not to just get the purse, which is just under $8 million, but also an upside of four if he wins the fight. So that's where we are. But uh, there's a couple of things to be sorted out and then we'll make the, the official announcement. Frank, we understand it's going to be Wembley, April the 23rd. Are we looking at a record-breaking event here? We're still uh, looking at a, another venue. So at the moment, we're still, that, that's up in the air. But, but the fact of the matter is it will be a record-breaking event. It's the, it's the highest ever purse bid in the world of boxing. And it's certainly the, the biggest, uh, financially, the biggest fight that any uh, of two British boxers are meeting in a ring. I mean, you, as you say, you put in a record purse bid. You're confident, clearly, this will make you guys big money. Well, we, we don't do it for we don't do it for a charity, that's for sure, Jim. You know, we do. You know, we feel it's a big event. It is a big event, and uh, there's been a lot of response towards it. You know, whilst we're waiting for these contracts to be lodged and, and, and certain other things to be ironed out, um, and I'm I'm confident it's going to be a record busting event. I'm really confident of that. How's Dyson about it all? Well, he's a bit, you know, he's, he's, he just wants to fight. It's just a shame it's taken so long to get to get where we've got to. But we have, and, you know, in boxing, you have to have patience. Um, and, uh, you know, as I say, we've we, we, we got a couple of things still to sort out, and then we'll, we'll go from now. I mean, there's always things to sort out, Frank. I mean, Tyson Fury was suggesting only recently that Dillian White wanted money to turn up for a press conference. So, I mean, this kind of haggling is normal, is it? Well, you know, there's, there's, as I said, there's all sorts of things which I can't comment on at the moment until we've, we've got everything in place. And once once everything's in place, I'm sure we'll move forward for a really successful event. And, uh, and all the things that happened surrounding it, I'm sure will come out in due course. But it's, it's been, a, to say it's been a headache, is an understatement. Does a winner of this fight fight the winner of Yusik Joshua? I don't see why they shouldn't. I mean, you know, what else is there? That's the next biggest fight out there, and that's the one we want to see. Great to hear from Frank Warren there, Tyson Fury's promoter. And, and just like Gareth uh, said, he echoed it as well. This is almost a semi-final, with the other semi-final being Alexander Usyk, fingers crossed, versus Anthony Joshua in their rematch uh, of their fight they had in September. Uh, a couple of interesting points he made there, uh, and I'd like to ask you, Gareth, on, on what you think. Obviously, a lot of talk was about Wembley, April 23rd. Um, look, it's February 22nd today, so I don't know if, that, if that's going to happen. Fingers crossed it does. But he also said they're looking at other venues as well, so that's not rubber-stamped Wembley. Principality Stadium was mentioned as well in Wells. Is there a way where this fight goes abroad? Oh, I hope not. And I, I mean, that may be something in the contract right now. You never know. And, mm. you know, there, there may be big offers coming in from somewhere else. Could be the Middle East. I can't see, you know, that, that, it, that it goes there. But it, it, also there's a chance that it could go to America. But they've yeah. said all along, Bob Arum and Frank Warren have said categorically to me, to my face, um, that because I've, I've been sitting with them both while they've said it, that they are looking at... Um, this fight being in the UK, a homecoming fight for for Tyson Fury. They they were going to go in 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 late uh, in, in late February originally, then in March, but they they plumped on to you know St George's Day, April the twenty third, and they're sticking to that. I, I mean, this is a big fight for for the UK. I can't see why it should go abroad unless someone's putting up a massive site fee somewhere mm -hmm. and it gets them over the line financially. Um, but I think this is a fight that works. In Britain, and, and just, to, just to pick up on something Frank was saying there, yeah. there was no way 
that the the Dillian White was never not going to sign for this fight, especially in that massive bid. Like you said, two million more than <clears throat> than Eddie Hearn, who was representing him or putting that purse bid forward to promote the fight. Mm. Probably four million more than his biggest payday. I would expect. I'm I'm, I'm surmising there because I don't oh, know. I his agree ultimate. with surmising there. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 add to that. Just think about the opportunity. He will actually earn eight and a half million pounds if he wins. And he has got a chance. He does believe in himself. Yep. Not only that, he gets to fight for the undisputed title next. And he will earn twice as much money, if not more. And it's not all about money, but think about the glory. I've known Dillian a long time. I knew him when he was in mixed martial arts, when he was a kickboxer, when he was doing different things, when he, when he was not as smooth as he is now where he wasn't a professional athlete like he is now where his life was a bit more raggle taggle and you know knowing his story I've got so much admiration for the man for where he's come from and how he's matured actually and I'm sure deep down that due to the the circumstances I know Dillian well enough he'll be he'll have been wanting to punch back at Tyson with comments on social media and do all those things but he's been hushed up by his lawyers who've said, look, I'm, we're getting this over the line. We're going to get the most money for you. We're going to get you the best opportunities. We're going to put you in the best position. He will be chomping at the bit to go at Tyson Fury publicly and when they step into the ring. It's massive for him. It's absolutely massive. Yeah, it's a massive fight for, for Britain. It really is. And it will do Wembley. It will do any stadium in this country. It really will. Tyson Fury homecoming, Dylan White, all the build-up. Absolutely fantastic. I'm chomping at the bit. To hear what you've got to say about AJ Usyk. You teased us a few minutes ago before we played the Frank Warren audio. What is it? Let me know. Come on. Well, when I was in the arena, I didn't get them on the uh, on the airwaves on Saturday. When I was in the uh, the AO arena, I think it's the AO arena, isn't it, in Manchester, um, uh, on Saturday night, I managed to run into, I won't name them, but I ran into a couple of members of uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, team. Mm. And um had a very good show. Yeah, 258, yeah. Um, say no more, though. 258, a couple of members of the team. And, you know, they were a little bit forthcoming for once with with the fact that it's, it's not far off announcing um, who AJ's training team is. They didn't want to tell me, but they said he's definitely assembling the team. He's happy with who he's got. Um, he's, he's looking at a May fight with Alexander Usyk. He's really, really got an appetite for it. Um there was that offer on the table of 15 million. Mm. Um, and he's happy with what he's decided in the end. Um, and you know what? I mean, I, mean, I spoke to Ben Davison last week. I know we'll talk about Ben and um, and Josh Taylor later in the show, obviously defending his undisputed super lightweight title this weekend in Glasgow against Jack Catterall. But, you know, everybody in boxing would love to see Anthony Joshua come back and produce a startling, stunning performance and reverse the... The, the tide, if you like, against Alexander Usyk this time. Mm. And I got a gentle kind of optimism that this isn't an end game fight for, for Anthony Joshua, that he's got himself together again and he truly believes. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating two or three months in the heavyweight division, Eddie. It really is. And once we get that announcement as well, and, and, and it's going to be in a stadium in London, it could be Wembley, it could be Tottenham, um, we are really set for something special at the end of the year if we can get an undisputed title over the line. Because that is so big in heavyweight boxing. People don't realise mm. the amount of 
politics involved in getting four belts together in the blue ribbon division. It's why it hasn't happened for 20 years, because, you know, it's it's a it's shark infested waters with sanctioning bodies suddenly turning on each other and wanting their guy to fight a mandatory and wanting money for those guys to step aside and all those kind of things. But I think we're on the cusp of a, of a, of a phenomenal year um, this year once we get these two fights over the line. Couldn't agree more, and well said as well, Gareth. I mean, I remember speaking to um, when we done like a, a yearly review show, and you remember you said 2021 was one of the best years you've ever seen. And I already look at what potential we could have in the next three months, and obviously Dillian White versus Fury, AJ Usyk, Canelo potentially facing Dimitri Bivol, Shakur Stevenson, Valdez, Katie Taylor versus Serrano. I mean, yeah. you got, got Condon versus Lee Wood over here. So much just in three months, just in three months, all that. Absolutely fantastic time for boxing, it really is. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 with the zone. Stream boxing anywhere, anytime with DAZN.com. Still to come, we'll hear from Kel Brook and what's next for him after that big win over Amir Khan. And we'll get stuck into two world title fights this weekend for Lawrence O'Coley and Josh Taylor. I know they're saying now they've got no appetite for it. They wouldn't want to see it. It's been going on for 10 years. They should have done it eight years ago. It's not my fault the fight's not happening. He don't want the fight. Listen, I want the fight. I want to shut him up and I'll move on. I will fight Calbrook and I'll beat Calbrook if it comes down to me. And the, the world knows that. I'm a better fighter. I'm a stronger fighter. I came to Eddie and I signed a deal with your promotional company. I've got closer to you, so I'm chasing you. Remember that. I don't care what people say. I know if that fight's made, people will watch it. <laughs> I'm at it. I'm first one in that gym and last one out. I put myself for a while to make sure I'm ready for this night. Let's get ready to rumble! Pursuing Amikhan and the referee has stopped it! Victor Lundgren has stopped the fight and saved Amikhan from himself. It needed doing. And Kel Brook has won this battle I'll be remembered for this fight, you know, forever. No one's bothered this what that one 43rd fight. Nobody will remember the 42 fights. They'll just remember the fight against Amir Khan, you know. So I'm so happy that I put that work in and got the victory. Yeah, what an absolutely fantastic night for British boxing that was. Um, and look, some people might say, yeah, but it's two guys past their best. I just love when boxing's on the back pages, on the front pages. You turn on your TV screen, everyone's talking about it. You, you meet your friends, everyone's talking about it. It had that. It really did. AOR Arena looked packed. And Kel Brooks' walkout. I mean, it's just the greatest walkout ever, isn't it? I mean, the pianist, it's just absolutely fantastic. I wasn't lucky enough to be there, and I fell in love with it. Gareth, I don't know how you felt about it. It must have been incredible for you, and you've been to some big, big fights over the years. This must have been right up there. It felt like a big heavyweight clash. Yeah, it was a very, very special atmosphere. I mean, it, it reminded me, I mean, early in the evening, I was saying, you know, the only things I felt a bigger atmosphere in that arena itself was um, when Ricky Hatton was in his pomp. Mm. And, you know, but it was very um, tribal in that way. Um, so was Saturday night. I mean, it grew and grew and grew. The atmosphere was extraordinary. Like you say, it, it's one of the most memorable nights I've ever been involved in. I'll, I'll be honest with that. And 
you know, I drove home from Manchester in the, through the rain and the wind on, on Sunday, absolutely buzzing. So I remember when I <laughs> covered, I tell you what I did cover there, that I, I didn't sleep for three days afterwards, an amazing night. Uh, the adrenaline was was coursing through my veins afterwards. It was Joe Calzaghe against Jeff Lacey, oh, one of the greatest yes, performances sir. Yes, I, sir. I've ever seen. I remember staying up till four in the morning, writing a thousand words, not being able to sleep, driving back, not being able to sleep through Sunday or Monday, doing all the follow-ups, <laughs> and just being just entranced and in love with the the b- balletic poetry of Joe Calzaghe that night. And but you rightly say, I, you know, it was there, there was something final about Saturday night. But an amazing atmosphere. I had the privilege of interviewing Noel Gallagher at ringside and Mr. Cavani, this brilliant Uruguayan footballer and a whole Man City's team were there, the Grealishes, the mm. Stones of this world and the good and the great, I can say Simon Jordan and Jim White were there in the VIP seats. And, you know, it, it was a fantastic night. And um, there was a, there was an air of celebration that this fight was finally being made. They, they made a lot of noise in the week. It grew and grew and grew to Brooklyn Khan. Mm. And even though it was six years minimum too late, and 10 years in the making, maybe 20 if you go back to their amateur days when they were very young boys and they knew each other. Yeah. Um, the rivalry, the animosity, the, the grudge, the, 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 the bitterness, the acrimony that, that came out through the week um, got settled in the ring and, 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 and Brooke was the better man on the night in the fight and, and he had more left. And, you know, we, we spoke about this six, seven, eight, nine times in the build-up, didn't we, Addy? That that this was a fight where you didn't know who had what left, and we found out that Brooke had more left, and Khan could not withstand the brilliant mid-range timing and precision that, that, that Cal Brooke had, and, 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 and mercifully, Victor Lachlan, the referee, stepped in in the sixth round to save Amir Khan from his own bravery, you know, because he was getting a terrible beating. And I think... It was the end of an era. It's the end of that era of these men who are both 35, who we've known since they were teenagers. One who was a massive star, crossover star, British Pakistani Muslim, who won an Olympic silver medal as a brilliant, wild, fast-fisted teenager. And Cal Brook, who came up from a Sheffield council estate, came up a different route and both have been world champions and it just kind of ended the era and I think it was the fairy tale ending for Kelbrook and I don't think Amir will suffer from it and, and I thought they were both very sporting after yeah. some people say oh yeah but they just build it up because it's a pay-per-view no the animosity was real and you know when you've been through I'm making this bigger than it really is but when you've been through war with someone or when you've been through extreme circumstances with someone when you've been through what they both went through massive nerves on the night putting it all on the line showing who they are showing their styles because they fought in their styles yes belatedly yes past their prime they 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 gave their all and 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 I'm so pleased that you know, that we could have a cup of coffee at some point in the future. Yeah. Really good to see. And I I, I, I loved, I love both these guys and, and really, really have had the privilege and honour and pleasure of covering their entire careers. Yeah, it, it wasn't just a case, as you said there, Gareth, about who had more gas in the tank and, and Kel Brook. And I think we saw it, how he made weight and some say he looked dry. I thought he looked okay, actually, at the, at the way. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, you know what? There's more gas in the tank here from Kel. And he seemed to be upset about the change of the gloves. He seemed to be as spiteful as he once was, maybe 
throwing it back to the Carson Jones or the Matthew Hatton fights where he really just looks like he wants to hurt you. And that's what I got from Kel Brook on the night. Let's hear from Kel now anyway. Look, he's the victor. He was speaking with Jim White and he was saying it's probably, and he won a world title, this possibly could be the proudest night of his life. It's definitely up there, that, this, this fight, you know, for me. Because it's a grudge match, what's needed to happen for a long time. It's needed to happen for a long time. And listen, we we made it happen for the fans and, and, I, and I took care of business. You know that you talked to me that many times, don't you, right. about this fight. And listen, it was a one-sided fight. I told you that would happen tonight. I told you this. Mm. So listen, I'm just happy that the fans, you've seen it, the world's seen it. You know, I'm going to be remembered for this fight. Not Everyone's going to remember me for knocking on my corner. What did you say at the end when you went into his corner? I just said, listen, I, you know, I respect you there. Listen, you took some big shots tonight. And, you know, it's like uh, when a fight's over and you've gone through a bit of a war together, it's just a natural thing that I'm a nice guy. He, he, he seemed to be a nice guy. But, you know, he's never given me that respect. But I think that he will give me that respect from now on. He's got to. You're going to fight again? I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I'm, my adrenaline's still running. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to sit down and speak to the family. I, I, you know, me personally, I want to fight, but I know that my mum and dad aren't that too fun, but we're just going to see what, what, what my family says. After you, what you did to him, do you think he'll fight again? I don't think he'll fight again now. I think that he's finished now for good. Yeah, Kel Brook there speaking to Jim White. Look, it was a special night on Saturday. Remember, it was exclusively live on TalkSport, and they did an absolutely cracking job. Look, but despite the convincing win for Kel Brook, there was one moment all the TalkSport listeners were talking about after. I'm here with Edison Cavani. Um, you're a fan of boxing and you're here for Chris Namos tonight. Sí, no, no, no soy fan del boxeo, pero bueno, vengo a apoyar a, a Chris, estar aquí para darle mucho ánimo y esperemos que pueda hacer una gran pelea. Edison is saying that, you know, he's not a massive boxing fan, but obviously because he's Uruguayan as well, he's here to support Chris Namos tonight. Plays into Cavani, beats the offside trap, shoots past the goalkeeper, it's 2-0 Manchester United now. Es una liga increíble, la verdad que... Es algo, es algo muy lindo jugar aquí, competir aquí. Bueno, hoy me toca de este lado venir a apoyar a... Gracias, muchas gracias, señor. Uh, Edison's saying that it's, uh, it's brilliant playing football in, uh, in Britain. Obviously, he plays for Manchester United. It's a very special place, a very special league. And it's a special night for him to come and see Chris Namos, a fellow Uruguayan, fight tonight. Thank you. Gracias. Tequila. That is frankly magnificent work from Gareth A. Davis. And it was, it really was absolutely fantastic work for, for myself, Gareth. Look, Gareth, I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm super impressed with you anyway. Obviously, look, as a big sort of boxing fan and MMA fan, MMA fan coming up, I always had a lot of admiration for you. I didn't know you had Spanish in your locker. I didn't. Every time we're on the show and you do like a canelo, I just thought, okay, he's just, he's, okay, what's he doing? I didn't know you actually could speak it. Impressive. That was really impressive, Gav, I have to say. Oh, uh, no, it, it, I didn't know. I'd heard the broadcast back, and um, thank God I got the translation right. But, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I do speak Spanish, and I will surprise you with some other languages as we go on together in our careers, Addy. But it was great fun. And you know what? I mean, I, I mean that, that, that man, again, is, is, 
is a legend in in football, isn't yeah, he? He's, yeah. he's one of the great skillful footballers, and um, you know he didn't really want to speak because I think he was a bit embarrassed speaking English. But once I started speaking Spanish, Incredible. he was he opened up, so it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fantastically well done, Gaff. All right, you listen to Find Extra on Talksport Two with the Zone. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere with dazn.com. Still to come, we are going to talk about Lawrence Coley and Josh Taylor world title fights for them this weekend but up next we are going to hear from Connor Ben and Chrissy Bent Jr both of them who want a shot at Kelbrook Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget friendly coverage for you learn more at UH1.com this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Started well, but then Brooks started just landing his shots and, you know, he started letting them go, found home for every single shot he threw. So you've got to say credit to Khan for staying up and, and not going down and really going out on his shield. If you want to talk about going out on your shield, you know, watch this fight and watch how Khan, you know, took it. Um, but you could see Khan slowing down later on towards the fight. You could see that Brooks' shots were having a toll on him. And, you know, shout out to Brooks. Done, done an unbelievable job. But, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, licking my lips thinking, you know, I want that fight. That's, that's all I keep thinking. Uh, Connor Ben there. They did an absolutely fantastic job on comms as well for TalkSport uh, on the weekend. Obviously covering it with the boys, Gareth A. Davis, Adam Catchell and Andy Clark, already supreme commentator, Andy Clark there. Uh, this is Final Extra on TalkSport to myself, Andy Lodipo, joined by the great Gareth A. Davis, the voice there of Connor Ben. Um, look, wants to fight. It's weird. There's that triangle, isn't there? I mean, we saw Chris Eubank Jr. fight Liam Williams. Who called him out after? Conor Ben saying, look, you know, we can, you know, let's make this fight happen. Kell Brook fights. Conor Ben wants him. Chris Eubank wants Kell Brook. Something's going to happen here, isn't it, Gav? Like, somehow, some way, someone's going to fight each other in this triangle, I believe. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it was funny, actually. I was teasing Conor because, um, you know, before Khan and Brook fought, so, you know, as we were building up to the fight itself at 10.30 p.m. on Saturday night, mm. Conor was there, and you know what Conor's like. He's a bundle of incredible energies, kind of 
all male. He's just all testosterone. Yes, and he, yes. I, I, listen, he's a beautiful young man. He really is a beautiful human being. And um, But he's just bristling all the time with desire and verve to fight everybody. And I said, you know what? I think you probably beat Khan and Brooke at this stage. And then after the fight, when he was saying he wants to fight Brooke, I said, you know what? I don't think you beat Brooke at the moment. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Um, but you know what? I mean, if you're if you're asking me, mm. I I I don't think his my honest opinion is I I I, mean, I don't know if we've discussed this on the show before, but Connor Ben is not ready for Chris Eubank for a start. No, no chance. You know, no, and, no. and a jump up two weight divisions. Yes, to have a Ben Eubank three would be amazing. After their two fathers had two incredible grudge fights and were absolutely amazing household names you know back in the 90s but i think what what i i could see that fight happening later in eubank's career and uh, and and maybe a bit later in connor's career but I, I i'll be honest with you i'm not sure i want to see i know what is going on behind the scenes and that is i think they are looking at a chris eubank fight boxer and sky with kel brook and i I'm uncomfortable with it, Addy. Let me be honest about this, right? I'm, I'm uncomfortable with Kel, who had fractured orbital sockets, stepping up against Gennady Golovkin six years ago. It's six years ago um, in, when, when he put up a, 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 a brilliant um, fight for two or three rounds and then got bested by one of the great punchers in the modern era and one of the greats, in my view, of the modern era, Gennady, and I love the guy. Uh, I've got a lot of love in me today, but... Um, but probably because I'm getting a lot of love. But um, the, 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 the thing is, I, I'm uncomfortable with that as a matchup mm. because I don't see Cal look great against Amir, who didn't have a lot left. But there were moments in the fight where Cal looked vulnerable as well, agreed, by the agreed. way. And we're forgetting that. And I think it's uh, two weights too far to step up right now, too late in the career. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think it should happen. But unfortunately, I think it will. And I think it's wrong. Connor Brown against Cal Brook. Again, I think Connor's young tensile strength, you know, his youth, his speed would probably do for Cal as well. So I really hope uh, that both Amir Khan, I don't think he will fight again, and Cal Brook, even though he's going to be offered a couple of million, I imagine, to fight again, and he probably will take it. I know Cal's mom and dad, Terry and Julie, pretty well. I just hope they persuade him not to take it, but I fear that he will. Yeah, look, fantastic summary there. Just because you've got to weigh it up. I mean, I, I'm a big, big fan of Kell Brook. I've loved him for many, many years, since he won the vacant British title against Barry Jones, like way back. Um, but you've got to look at who he fought in the ring on Saturday night. I mean, as much as it was a good performance, he fought a shell of Amir Khan. Like, yeah. that, that was Amir Khan's shadow. It really was. Yeah. And Amir Khan's not been anything since... 2013 14 really so you've got to weigh that up and Conor Ben's spoken about going to 150 maybe that's kind of fair really but I really don't want to see Eubank but I can see it happening uh, both with Boxer um, there'll be a lot of money as you say it'll go on pay-per-view it, it, it could sell an arena it could do a stadium in Sheffield it's a big big fight and I can understand Kel he's got the itch back he might look at that performance and think you know there is one more in me they don't like each other I can see it happening. I really can. Let's hear from Chris Eubank Jr., who spoke about it as well. And he said, look, he's not ruling out a fight between himself and Conor Ben. It's another very interesting matchup for the fans to talk about and, and, and debate and ponder over. Will it happen anytime soon? I, I, don't, I don't think so. But listen, 
if Jake, if, if, if Logan Paul can fight Floyd Mayweather, then maybe it isn't ben such a crazy thing. three can happen. It really could. Absolutely. It really could. Yeah, that, that was Chris Eubank Jr. speaking about Conor Ben. Very unlikely. Obviously, that was um, pretty much off the back of his fight against Liam Williams. With regards to Chris Eubank Jr. versus Kelbrook, again, you know what goes on behind the scenes here. They, they will be talking about it. Do you think, heart of hearts, that Kel is going to have one more? I do. I, yeah, I mean, you put it so well, Addy, before we heard from from Chris Eubank Jr. there. I mean, that was me sitting with him in the arena and and I got a very strong sense from him that uh, that it's happening. It was just something coming off him that he was watching Kel Brook. He was delighted that Kel had won. He said he didn't, he, he and Kel don't get on. There we go, bing, bang, bosh. We got a little explosion there at a press conference then talk, trash talking. I do, I think he'll take the fight. I hope he doesn't. And I hope I'm writing retirement stories and we're talking about their glorious careers in the next few weeks. But no, I don't think Kel will take some time. Um, and I think that fight will be made in the summer. I think Boxer and Sky are looking at creating a lot of uh, domestic grudge fights, as many as they can create, because they're also looking at Billy Joe Saunders, by the way. Uh, for Chris Eubank Jr. as well. And I'd rather see Chris Eubank Jr. fight Billy Joe Saunders at, at Super Middle if they have to make it at Super Middle. It's another fight that will generate a lot of publicity. Both men know how to play the heel. Um, and I think that's the fight I'd rather see. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Chris Eubank Jr., even though he's pursuing world title glory, Ed, um, going uh, Calbrook next. And if he wins against Calbrook, which I fully expect him to do, um, with respect to Kel there as well, uh, then fight Billy Joe Saunders and then fight for a world title and they'll try and get Gennady Golovkin over here. Yeah, look, I tweeted that, you know, Chris, you know, chased the 160 champions, but yeah, I fully understand as a risk-reward thing, you'll look at the risk and think there's not much in fighting Kel. I mean, look, Kel's still a good fighter and Kel, you know, potentially could outbox him because Kel's a better boxer, I think. He is, not, and I think he is a better boxer than Chris Bate Jr. And I'll look at the reward and think, wait a minute, you know, I can make more fighting Kel that maybe I can fight in a Charlo or an Andrade or maybe yeah. even a Golovkin. There's more money on the table potentially. So I can understand why Chris wants that fight. And look, if Chris wants it and if Kel wants it and the public wants it, then nine times out of ten, it probably will happen. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. When we come back, two world title fights to talk about. We're going to talk about Lawrence O'Coley fighting on a Sunday at the O2 Arena. But first, we're going to talk about Josh Taylor versus Jack Cattrall in Scotland. I think this is well, I think we take it to another level, you know. And he's going to be counted out. That's all she wrote. Lawrence O'Coley defends his World Cruiserweight title in facile fashion, really. For your winner, by unanimous decision. And now, the undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world, Josh! The Tartan Tornado, Taylor! Ultimately, just a matter of time before I get him. Welcome back to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. So much to discuss in the world of boxing. 
We've not even talked about the two world title fights uh, this weekend. Let's kick things off with Josh Taylor versus Jack Cattrall. Uh, two fighters unbeaten. Uh, let's not forget Jack Cattrall. A lot's been spoken about Josh. I almost feel like Jack's been almost... Bit, not disrespected here because Josh is so good, but no one's really looking at Jack Cattrall. 26 and 0. Yes, he hasn't fought at Josh's level, but we saw a lot of upsets last year, didn't we? This could be one of the big ones. I don't think it will happen, though. Uh, Josh Taylor, um, Gareth, look, I, I think pound for pound, no worse than number six. I think is that good. The undisputed has every single belt. And what I want to see from Josh as well is a dominant performance to the point where people are begging for him to go to 147 next. Like, there's not much to hang around, I don't think, for at 140 anymore. Javante Davis has gone back down after uh, beating Barrios. Uh, Mikey Garcia would have been one, but he lost to Sandor Martin. I think you go to 147 if you get past Jack Cattrall. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good point. It's so well put. I mean, I, I spent some time with Josh Taylor on um, Tuesday last week, uh, a week ago, uh, and also with Ben Davison uh, down mm. just down the road from me, uh, just north of London in Harlow. Um, and he looks brilliant. Um, I didn't. He was sparring that evening. I saw him in the morning. He, he, he's when when Josh is on, he's a really gritty, tough <laughs> yeah. Scotsman. He basically he's, he's as hard as he's as hard as six inch nails. That guy. And you know, if you remember the great story about when he was younger and he was hit in the face mm. by his cousin with a with a golf club, and it fractured his jaw in thirteen places. It didn't even knock him out. And you know. He's one of those kind of like so hard Scotsman and, you know, they're around that um, he's just got, he's got so many world-class qualities and he's proved it over and over again. He's a very elite fighter. I watched half of the gloves are off with the, with Johnny Nelson and, and Jack. I haven't got all the way through it yet. And, you know, um, he's sitting there and he's calling Jack Catterall a clown and I all this kind that, of stuff. Yeah. And, and but he means it. He's, he's got he's got this vicious alter ego eyes, called yeah. Hank. He's got this alter ego <laughs> called Eagles Hank. And I've known Josh a long time, and I, I remember being with him, you know, Eddie, when he um he he lost in, 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 in the London Olympics. I think it was at lightweight he was fighting then. No, no, it was Luke Campbell was at lightweight. So maybe he was at super band. I can't remember now, super feather or, or, or it was 140 pounds, but he was so disappointed to lose. And you could not get anything out of him afterwards. His face was just, it was like it was stitched closed. And um, then I was with him when he won the Commonwealth gold at this arena, the SSC Hydro in, in Glasgow. And I've never seen him so happy. Mm. And they're like, you know, he, 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 the bagpipes were playing and it was the games. And this is a home arena for him. The thing is about Josh, home and away, um, he has proven himself. You called him number six in the world, the Bible of boxing, the ring magazine, or I have the honor of writing for as well. He, um, they rank him number five in the world, that okay. panel does. I'm okay. not on that panel. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's number five in the world, but and he won't thank me for that, but he is clearly elite. Very. And the big test for Catterall is what can he do that people haven't brought before to Josh Taylor? And that's why he's so confident. Regis Progre, brilliant fighter. Victor Postol, hard as nails. Jose Ramirez, I can roll my arms now. Now, now you can to. do it. Yeah, now, now you're officially allowed to, to do that. <laughs> uh, without you. <laughs> well, I was going to say I can roll my arms without you laughing, but you're always going to laugh. Yeah. But, but, you know, Jose Ramirez, undefeated, 
um, two way, uh, a, a two belt world champion. He deals with him. He outboxes him. He beats him up. He he fights when he's when Ramirez is boxing. He boxes when Ramirez is trying to fight. He knocks the guy down. He does a number on him. He does it in COVID with no crowd. And Josh loves a crowd. Mm. He loves it. He's a showman. He wants to show off because um, he's got these weird skills, you know. And he's he, he, he's he's so look. If Jack Cashel can pull off a kind of upset, and when I spoke to, to Josh, just to go back to that, I said, what about Theo Lopez last year against George Cambosos, when Lopez underestimated Cambosos? Um, we've seen it. We, we, you know, Kid Galahad, not necessarily underestimating Kiko Martinez, but getting caught and knocked out. Yeah. He said, I know that. And I know that. He said, but I just feel so on. I feel like King Kong at the moment. Yeah, and, you and know? he should do. Um, he really should. Because, and he should. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and, and as you say, I, I see Jack having great opportunities in the first three or four rounds, and he's got to go and bring it and put it on Taylor and hopefully hit him and expose him in some kind of way that he's never been exposed before. Because I think Josh... Again, he's a southpaw. You know what southpaws are like. You know your boxing. He's going to create angles. He's going to hit Catterall. You know, um, Catterall's a clever boxer as well. He's, he's a skilled guy, but he's never been at that level. And I think he gets dismantled and maybe gets stopped in six or seven rounds. Yeah, I do think as well it's levels. And yes, he's unbeaten, but there are levels to this. And Josh Taylor right now, as you said, um, the Ring Magazine members, pound for pound, number five. I have him as number six. That's how good... He is. All right, that's on Saturday. On Sunday, Lawrence O'Coley will make a second defence of his Cruiserweight world title. He'll take on Michael Kieslack, just beaten just the once, and that was by Lunga Makabu back in, I think, 2020. Time now to look ahead to that fight in partnership with DAZN. Big Fight Roundup on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Stream Lawrence O'Coley versus Mikel Shishlak live and exclusive only on DAZN.com. You know, I spoke to Lawrence O'Coley yesterday for the zone. I think it's coming out on Friday on their platform. And I was like, and I didn't want to be disrespectful because you don't know what these fighters are doing behind the scenes in terms of getting ready for fights and, you know, the weight cuts and the sparring. But I said, you've got to world championship level. You've won a world title. You made it look easy. Like, again, oh, he's putting in so much behind the scenes with Shane McGuigan. I think it's their sixth camp together. It looks like he's still not got out of circuit or third gear. The transformational growth of Lawrence Coley is one of the things to behold in British boxing over the last two or three years, Eddie. You know it well enough. And mm. he's a great figure. He's in a brilliant story. This inspirational guy who was working at McDonald's weighing 300 pounds. He now weighs 100 pounds less when he wow. fights. He's, an, he's a massive human being. He's, <laughs> you know, imagine fighting Lawrence Coley. Oh, forget it. You might as well run it in with a chainsaw. <laughs> you'd, you'd get knocked out if you ran it with a chainsaw. You know what I mean? Like, so let, let, and don't ever run at anyone with a chainsaw, please. Anybody <laughs> listening right now, um, unless it's made of cardboard or something. But um, but the, the the thing is, he he's and I remember having these chats with Lawrence. He's got such a difficult, awkward style. He can grab you. He's got a long jab that he's worked on really well with with Shane McGuigan, who's been brilliant with him. He crouches now well and he uses, and then he gets tall again. Mm. He's, the, the jab is excellent. The right hand is just, you know, from hell. And it's difficult to see beyond um, five or six round for Michael Chislak as well. I mean, if I hope I'm saying his name right. I don't yeah. speak Polish, but- um, You don't? But, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, I've already been called up on saying his name wrong. But um, as you say, he put in a very good performance against Luma Makabu in the Congo though, I will say that. And um, there could be a few challenges early on because he really does believe in himself. 
Um, but I think Lawrence is big, booming right hand. He's a problem for anyone, the source. And I, I just think... I just think he's going to be great at cruiserweight, and I can't wait for him to see him at heavyweight, to be honest with you. Last 30 seconds. I'm so happy you mentioned heavyweight, because, look, I think Marius Bradis will be with us on the Zone's live coverage, and that's a unification fight. If he doesn't get a unification fight, if he doesn't get anyone in the ring, because they're going to want money to fight Lawrence Coley, do you think back end of 2022 we see a heavyweight debut? 20 seconds. No, no, I, no. I think he'll he'll carry on at cruiserweight and he'll move up to heavyweight next year. Take his time. Fantastic. Gareth, look, as always, my man, thank you very much. That was a look ahead to this weekend's action in partnership with DAZN. Streaming boxing anytime, anywhere on DAZN.com. Big Fight Roundup on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Stream Lawrence Okole versus Mikhail Shishlak live and exclusive only on DAZN.com. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.